Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This week is going to be a blast. I have Lisa Jenna on here to talk about her God story of running away in her 50s, yes, 50s, and how she came to know Christ through this journey. She wrote an incredible memoir called When I Last Saw Me. And I just love her witty sense of humor as she talks about everything in life. I know you're going to love her. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa, and thank you for being here. Well, thanks. I'll show a pretty thing where you pay me a million dollars. This is a paying gig, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's right. It's, you know, name your price. I'll I'll give it to you. This ministry is just dripping. (laughs) Aren't they all? (laughs) Oh, gosh, yes. Well, I cannot wait for you just to dive in. Um, I know this is just an interesting testimony about you literally running away in your 50s. You know, I think teenagers sometimes tend to do that, (laughs) not the adults. But we would love to hear how that brought you to your relationship with Jesus. So if you want to just start out speaking about yourself and go right into your story. Okay, deal. I, I'm a yeah. late bloomer, evidently. I did not run away as a teenager. I waited. Yeah. I waited till I was in my fifties. But yeah, I was on. Uh, I was was probably fifty two because it was eight years ago, probably this exact day, that I mm. went, that I ran away from home. And eight, such a great number, isn't it? New beginnings change. But yeah, uh, wasn't you know? It's funny. I'm on my second marriage. I had a scrimmage marriage. And then I had a little 10-year sabbatical from marriage. And then I remarried this incredible guy named Tank, who I just adore. So I wasn't actually even mad at him, which is, I think is often why women run away. But it wasn't even him. <laughs> I had maxed on a bunch of little stuff. And then there was a straw. And so I took off with zero plan. I had not packed very well at all because I took off in kind of an emotional state. And I guess I kept thinking... Got to take underwear again. So when I got to the first hotel, I found I had like 17. Pa- I'm not lying. I had 17 pair of panties. But so I was, I was ready for wow. a long haul, I guess. Yeah. You are well prepared. Absolutely. If anybody so wants- this is while you were married to Tate. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. We'd probably okay. been married about 10 years at the time. And 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 you and you told him, or you just took off? Uh, I accidentally told him. I don't think I planned to, but he was. He was in the garage when I walked out the door with the bag and the journal and the iPod full of music. And so he yeah. said, kind of, you know, what's going on? I said, I got to go. And he goes, okay, put the bag in the car for me. Kind of looked at me, sort of, I think. I wouldn't look at him. I was looking at him right in the chest, yeah. you know, and I just, he said, come yeah, back. Yeah. yeah. I said, I will tell you that I will come back. How about that? And so yeah. I got to the end of the driveway and I was like, I have no plan. I knew I didn't want to go east because I don't 
I don't deal well with claustrophobia. It's too cold to go north. If you go south, you eventually run out of Texas. So I went west. And mm. um, by providential accident, I ended up in West Texas in two of the towns that I'd lived in as a little kid. And mm. uh, it took me a couple of days to get there. It took me a couple of days to realize that's where I was going. And at the time, I was not a believer people. I'd been raised in the church, but fell out of it the minute I could get out the door because it didn't match. Right. It didn't match what was going on in the house and what was going on in the church didn't match with anything that I could really hang on to. So mm -hmm. I dismissed it. So you just left because you felt there was something emotionally going on with me yeah. and I just got to escape for a while. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, and in my mind, it, there was no a while. I just, I just had to go. I didn't care if I came yeah. back. I had no plan. Yeah. So okay. I, I went back to these towns and kind of faced down some bears. And along the way, kind of just kept journaling it and writing it and journaling it and writing it. And I was gone about a week. I got home about a month later, two months later. I went on an event called Quest. And at the beckoning of a customer... He kept telling me what a great event it was, and he kind of thought I was a believer person because sometimes I would go to his <laughs> church. So rather than telling him I was not really a believer, people, and that the only reason I went to church was because it was good for business, I went on this quest thing. And on the huh, on the second day, mm. I got wiped out. I got totally wiped out mm -hmm. by an encounter with the triplets triplets being mm -hmm. father, son, and the ghost. And uh, yeah, I love that name. My world, <laughs> my world got rocked, changed, mm. changed forever. Yeah. So, so cool. Second day in, you're just getting wrecked by God. Yeah. Coming to know him, becoming a believer, obviously. Right. And then you have a few more days there. Yeah, I did. It was a five and a half day event. So I had the rest of the week to kind of try to get a footing or have something that I could actually understand besides this mm -hmm. incredible impact deep in my bones that was changing my perspective on everything. It was like, gosh, it was probably like that boy Paul when all the that stuff fell off his eyes and he could see. It probably was very much like yeah. that. It was kind of like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. I can see, I can mm -hmm. see, but <laughs> yeah. And since then, yeah, you know, I, I came back from that, and you know, just started grabbing people by the ear and dragging them over and saying, "See this thing? You got to go on this thing. Even if you think you're a believer, people. Even if you think you know everything, you got to go on this thing." <laughs> and so, yeah. just got involved in that pretty heavily. Eventually, my husband went about a year and a half later. We have four sons and two daughters. Most of our kids have been on quests. It's kind of changed the whole trajectory of our family. A couple of years after I went, mm -hmm. my father expired, so to speak. And I got to spend 20 months being very obedient against my will to go and visit him and my mother. And I only went when I was 100% certain real dad was telling me, go today. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, like I tend to think, oh, there's an agenda. I'm supposed to, I'll be the one that I'll say something and he won't be a deacon anymore. He'll actually be a believer people. But that never happened. And I thought, well, he's going to ask about the brothers and we're going to reestablish relationship. And that never happened. Well, maybe he's going to apologize. And that never happened. Or 
maybe he's going to become kind to my mother and that never happened. And Right. You had all these expectations, right? Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't about any of that. But this is kind mm-hmm. of the dead coolness of heaven, right? Because I kept thinking yeah. it was about some big kingdom picture. The last two and a half days of Raymond's life, my father's life, I stayed with him around the clock. He couldn't speak or blink or move. And so I just played my worship music, told him stories about the brothers. I talked to him, changed his diaper, kept an eye on him, and spent the last two and a half days wondering what this was all about and had this had yet another encounter with the real dad, the, the God dad. And I said, you know, what, what's the deal? How do you feel about this guy? And he says, nothing he's ever done has changed how much I love him. Mm-hmm. And I said, I need to forgive him, but I don't have what it takes. Mm-hmm. And he says, then, then I will loan you my forgive. So mm-hmm. real dad loaned me heaven's forgive wow. literally in the last two and a half days of my father's life. Wow. And it was another one of those jarring shifts that I didn't have a category for. I didn't have a way to cope with. Mm-hmm. And after after he left, I started kind of reaching out to my mother. Hadn't had a relationship with my mother for a couple of decades. Mm-hmm. It began slowly, mm-hmm. and it got honest. It got honest pretty fast. Yeah. And um, I took her down to the town that she grew up in, or that my father had also grown up into. Town is a big word. It's more of a rural community collection thing. Yeah. <laughs> we spent the day there and we've we've just done a few things together, you know. And uh my mother is eighty eight this month. In fact she's eighty eight next week. Oh, wow. And so Raymond has been gone six years this month and we punted to my mother about a year ago, what are you gonna do? You've got this big house and how about we build you a house on our property? And she took us up. And my mother, who I hadn't spoken to in a very long time, certainly not had any kind of relationship with, now lives at my house, in mm-hmm. her own house, yeah. with her own life, but at my house. There's no way yeah. in the world I would, I would have ever, if you had told me that, if you had told me that like a decade ago, <laughs> right. I would have slept you naked and hot, hid your clothes because there's just... <laughs> I would have called you liar all day long, but yeah. but here we are. And and oh oh, oh this is so funny. So <laughs> this is God's forgiveness. Right? Yeah, it is. It's so dead cute, right? Yeah. So I said to my mother, I said, you know, this was months ago. I said I traveled a lot, living abroad and stuff like that. I said, but you you didn't really go anywhere because Raymond never wanted to go anywhere. So if you want, if you could go somewhere, where would it be? She goes, let me think about it. So I think that question was like six months ago, right? About three weeks ago, I'm out of town. I'm in Virginia, and I get this text from my mother. All it says, don't you love that my mother's 86, by the way, and she will text? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. It is, right? Yeah. So I get this text, and all it says is New York City. So I'm thinking, oh. Well, I've forgotten the question, right? <laughs> I know. don't even the question is long like, what gone. The heck? I'm like, NYC, what is she talking about? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I better call Tank. Something is happening to my mother. Get him to go in there and shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, I put it all she she tells me, you tell me to pick a spot. She wants to go see the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir do their Christmas yeah. music in New York. So we are taking her to New York to see Aww. the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir and the Rockets and the Rockefeller tree and, and all that other stuff. But yes. it's so cool. 
So oh, talk about so fun. Big, big restore there. Huge restore. So you, so you, when you, when you took off and then you, you went to this retreat called Quest, a friend told you about it. You went there and then how much longer after that did you head back home? Yeah, I was actually, it was, uh, I went on Quest in January and I was on a flight coming back from London in March and it was actually a Rascal Flat song that came on that I was made acutely aware of. And it was just kind of like, I've got to do something here. So it took about two months after Quest for me to understand that part of my journey was going to be going to my original family and working some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, at that time, there was no book on the table. There was nothing. I, I just was kind of trying to figure out a brand new life. You know, I'm 52 years old and I've got five decades of life behind me. And I'm, I now everything feels so uh, brand new. Everything. I'm such an infant in this new world. And so when I realized I have to do this, to be honest, it wasn't, oh my goodness, lucky me. It was, it was more like, oh, hell no. So I was, yeah. I was not stoked with heaven's idea that I was going to go over <laughs> to where all this history of horror was for a little while. It was not immediate. It's the kindness mm-hmm. really, isn't it, mm-hmm. of the real dad mm-hmm. to not, you know, kind of rub his hands and say, okay, get started. We got work to do. It's kind of like, hey, why don't you why don't you soak in that for a little while and enjoy what you now know about me? I have a next for you, but why don't we stay here for a minute? So he gave me a little mm-hmm. little space before he's like, okay, here's your next. Right. Because I think we need to heal in order to move forward. Otherwise, we're just going to take those wounds and the brokenness yeah. and the trash with us, right? And it's all for our good. He wants us to be whole before we... We move that next step. Because there is a, a wholeness component, isn't it? I had a, mm-hmm. a little spiritual experience that I couldn't explain. I had no language for. So my emotions and my physical and my mental had to catch up to mm-hmm. literally the fact that all my guts had changed. And in my guts changing, my hard heart had changed. And so there was I was working literally from the inside out and the rest of me trying to calculate recalibrate catch up it was it was changing from 50 years you know from from always being afraid and always dreading that environment yeah all of my days as long as I could remember and being asked to step back in it yeah yeah that's a long time I mean some of us become a Christian as a little girl or 20s but that's a lot of rewiring your mind and changing and what you thought was truth is now no longer. And now you're learning the real truth and God's yeah. God's word, God's perspective on life. Because that was comfortable. There's a, there's a funny word that we kind of use interchangeably, but it's not. And it's comfort. Mm-hmm. I, now, I now know that comfortable, when I'm comfortable, that's me bellying up to the bar with the friends of hell. And they're all bringing their one-trick ponies, and they know exactly how to keep me comfortable in where mm-hmm. I'm at and what I'm doing. When that holding spirit shows up, there's a moment of comfort. There's mm-hmm. a moment of, of comfort, but it's not about remaining comfortable. It's a comfort so that I'm prepared for a next that is a mystery. It's a comfort that gives me the guts to go, okay, I don't know the next, but... 
because I know you're present, because I know you'll take care of me, because I have been comforted, I'm ready for those. You know, the, when, when Jesus said, um, hey, boys, I'm leaving town and I'm going to and they didn't understand. They're like, I don't. Is he saying he's going to get dead? What is he trying to tell us? And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to send somebody that's you're way dead cool, much cooler than me. And I'm going to send somebody that will bring you comfort. Mm-hmm. So the great comforter will show up, make space. Right. And then you're not comfortable at all. In fact, the unknown is very uncomfortable. Yeah. If I'm comfortable, then that's my red flag anymore for, okay, friends of hell are trying to make me comfortable so that I think I've got a system that works and I stay in my system instead of staying in my obey or staying in my trust or staying in the mystery of what the kingdom has next, where all the excitement is, where the show me something new is, where the the veils are being thin. So, yeah. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. I had no way of knowing what was next. Yeah. And I was scared. I wasn't I wasn't comfortable with it. Yeah. But I was safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that something? Because our flesh, we, we hate change. You know, most of us don't like change. And God loves us when we're constantly <laughs> getting renewed, right? And moving forward and having change. He doesn't want us just stagnant, sitting still. He wants to keep moving us forward, but he won't do it unless he knows we're ready. He's such a gentle father that he's not going to do it if we're still needing healing to go on or, you know, he just knows that they're just not ready. He knows, okay, it's time for you to, to hear what's next and I'll be with you the next step all the way through, but I'll be with you. That was one of those things in life. I was thinking, gosh, like, I just want to be comfortable, you know, and just stay where I'm at. Why does he keep like, he'll just keep pursuing you for more, you know, it's like, right when you got this going on, then it's like, okay, here you go. You're going to stretch your faith out even more. Yeah. So, and that's growing our character. That's drawing us closer to him. And that's what he wants us to do is rely on him and draw us even closer to his heart. So any kind of encounters with God today that you'd like to talk about? Yeah. I mean, I think just really the, when I finally got around to, it took me a couple of years to admit that I was going to have to write down this story, write down this testify that I was going to have to mm-hmm. write down a book. And, uh, you know, I, I ran into a lot of people that say they want to write a book. A lot of people that say I've got a story to tell. And, and that didn't encourage me, to be honest. That made me think, well, the truth is everybody has a story to tell. If somebody asks me, I'll tell them, I'll tell them I testify, right? So, yeah, yeah. but kind of like, <laughs> you're like, do I really need to write a book yeah, about it? Yeah, oh, just, come on. Just ask yeah. me. I'm a much better talker than I am writer. So <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> let's go with comfortable. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> um, no. So I did eventually write down the book. It was really funny because when the books actually got to my front door, when you do that, they send you some to your house. And I wouldn't go get them off the front porch. They sat in boxes. Your, and your I, finished I book? Yeah, I wouldn't oh. go get it. I, oh, I was like, I don't think I have the emotional constitution yeah. to hold that story in my own hands. Wow. So it was yeah. kind of jarring. Mm-hmm. And then I took, the, I took the chicken route and that I thought, well, mm-hmm. I'll just I will self-publish, and then I can say I did exactly what he told me to do. And 
if I don't sell any, that's not really what he asked me to do. He asked me to write it down. And so I was surprised. I think we we all would be surprised at how eager people are to see us succeed. Mm-hmm. And people showed up to say, I'm so glad you did this. And, you know, just that, okay, well done. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying the story. Um, or people have sent me notes and comments. And so the courage that, that we can gather from each other by being braver than we really wanted to be. Because here's the deal, right? We know we've got a ticket to heaven. Mm-hmm. We all have a ticket to heaven. But if we're not bringing heaven to earth, if we're not making the most of that, it's not. It's really not about getting dead and going there. It's really about not dying dead. And every chance that I get to be all the way alive or be bigger alive or to say something in some way about heaven, I probably need to muster up what it takes to do that. I always say cheers and amen at the end of a pray. So I make a pray somewhere and I always say cheers and amen. You do. Mm-hmm. So I kept thinking, I need to do something. People are always like, oh, you need to put that on a t-shirt. So I finally did. In fact, it was this week. I, I got a dot com. Yeah, I got one oh. Instagram's page. I printed my first five shirts <laughs> and I got some millennials to awesome. help me. You know? So we're building this little video that we'll use to release the, the first five shirts. And I have had such a great time hanging out with all these kids that have this incredible language that is so foreign to me, hanging out with these kids with these super The millennials? Yes, I love millennials. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they are freakazoid on what they know. Their brains are so cute. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never been to a, a Propel Women event, you've got to go to a Propel Women event. They only do them... In the mm-hmm. fall, I think, and they pick about five or six cities every fall. But it's a, it's an amazing gang that goes and, and does that. They you know they get <laughs> Jackie Hill Perry, she's like thirty, and they get Sarah Jakes Roberts, she's like yeah. thirty. I mean, these are illegal ages. No one should be that young. <laughs> then they've got Lisa Harper and Chris Kane that are more my age, and well, they would laugh if I said that. they're yeah. still a little younger than me, but. That yeah. is an incredible day, and it really does draw such a mix of, of age groups. Hilarious. If you haven't been on one, go on one. But mm-hmm. the way those guys think and the way they're energized and the way they can take what's out of their head and put it on something digital, it's just freakazoid, isn't it? And to make, you know that you can take, you can take what, when I was a kid, would have taken, you know, 200 years to get it around the globe. They can get it around the globe mm-hmm. by this afternoon. I know. It's, it's just mind-boggling how fast the kingdom can grow mm-hmm. when those kids are involved yeah. in taking an idea. Yeah. It's just too cute. It's too cute. And see, I would have never known those kids at all if I hadn't fallen in love with the triplets. I would have never known them at all. So I, I guess the, the beauty of a testify is that thing in Revelation is very clear. Mm-hmm. It says, I overcome the blood of the lamb and the word of the testify. And the, the coolest part of that verse is that they weigh the same. The blood on the lamb weighs the same as, as the testify because I've got no testify without the blood and the blood doesn't count for much if I'm not making a testify. Mm-hmm. And a testify is something I get a chance at a new one every single day. Not what has God done for me today, but what what part of heaven did I get to bring? What part of heaven did he show to me that I get to put in the palm of my hand and say, here, 
take this, take this, take this, take this. And if it comes through, oh my gosh, I've got to seek a forgive. Oh my gosh, I've got to make a confess. Oh my gosh, I've got to give you some cash. Oh my gosh, I've got to buy you lunch. Oh my gosh. It doesn't matter what like it comes as long as I remember those mercies really are new every single day. And they're a little bit like manna. Mm, they yeah. don't carry over to the next day. If I didn't give away all the mercies that he gave me today, he's not going to like double it up tomorrow. Mm. I get new tomorrow, but I might as well spend today everything I got today and then get some more tomorrow to spend again because that's a new testify every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just about one day I wasn't a believer and the next day I was a believer and there's my there's my testimony. No way. Mm-hmm. No way. They happen every single yeah. day. So yeah. I get a new one. Yeah. Oh well, I love your I, testimony, Lisa. Yeah. I like having one. Yeah, yeah. You got a good one. And I especially love the fact that you became a believer later in life and to encourage those that are listening that it's never too late or there's not some age requirement to become a believer. And Jesus just, he loves us so much. And this is why we're here on earth is to build his kingdom, to expand his kingdom, to increase it, bring others to know him because he he wants all of his children with him right there with them. Yeah. So thank you for living on purpose and being intentional with what you do. And, and all because you left, you ran away and, (laughs) (laughs) and a friend was used by God as, as a vehicle, as a resource to bring you to quest. And you got your whole life wrecked in a good way. (laughs) Yeah. In a very good way. All right. Well, thanks, Lisa, for coming on here and sharing. Indeed. Most excellent. Thanks for inviting the elderly from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and if you want to check out Lisa's book, When I Last Saw Me, it's available on Amazon. Also, she has written for Propel. There's some articles there. If you go on propel.com, they have a blog and uh, you just look under Lisa Jennings. She wrote a really good article on millennials, actually. It was really well done, Lisa. I I was laughing. Your humor. I love it. I love how you write. (laughs) Makes me laugh. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.